I am now recording and I get vibration. Welcome to episode 137 of the Tri-Kids Podcast, Micro Machines, Micro Machines, Micro Machines, Micro Machines. Micro Machines, Micro Machines. I totally didn't say that right because he actually enunciated Micro Machines back when he said it so fast and I couldn't. Oh, anyway, this is episode 137 of the Tri-Games.net Podcast. We are recording on Saturday, June 20th. Uh, it is 11.38 a.m. and this is probably the earliest we've started um, on time. Like we usually try to do it at 11.30. Never works that way, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Um we uh, have a, a, a terrible show for you today, and we hope that you stick around for it. Uh, we made it intentionally terrible because you all suck. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we all love you. Uh, we have mailbag for first time in few times, so Thank we have fun goodness. with podcast. Yeah. Uh, and we had a full week of trilobites for you. So if you didn't get those, get on them right now. Uh, it, it talks about what we've been playing. Uh, Al, if you want to recap really quickly, like, just which games did you play sure. as announced on your Trilobite, and then you said you played something new today yes. before the cast, so I want to go through that. Yes. So... Oh, that's really interesting. Now on to Slunks. Oh, wait. Slunks isn't here. Ah. Oh, now on to Pete. Oh, wait. Pete's not here. Ah. Oh, wait. That's right. It's only Austin and Al today. Your yes. host, that's me. I'm, I'm Austin, and that's Al, your other host. He has a hair. Yes. yes. And he's been playing stuff. Yes. Yes. I played, um... The world ends with you. I played Igdra Union, which mm. I explained in detail. Very much uh, detail. Yes. I played Final Fantasy for the After Years. Downloaded that right after, I think, the podcast or before or something. Probably. Who knows? But that I played, which is pretty good. Uh, although I've only played like uh, an hour and 50 minutes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to get back into it. Uh, I played uh, nothing on PSP, nothing on Xbox, nothing on PS2. I went out yesterday and hung out with Rob and played some Guitar Hero 3 for fun while I was drunk. And then when I was coming off, I played Punch-Out! Whoa! Yeah. You bought it? No. He had it from Gamefly. Oh, oh, he did. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. It's all right. Uh, I made it up to Don Flamenco. And uh, couldn't be Don Flamenco to save my life. Isn't it fucking like insane how much he owns you? Yeah. Like as as opposed to the first time you met him in the original Punch Out. Yes. Because like, I thought it was gonna be a pushover, oh and Rob was like, "Nah, man, it's not gonna be like that. It's not gonna be like that." And <laughs> then uh, he has they they gave him two timings for his uppercut. Yeah. Uh, and That's annoyed the, the hell out yeah. of me. That's the biggest thing. And uh, then I was trying to uh, connect with certain moves and whatnot, like, you know, get some stars, but it just wasn't working out for me. And then after that, after I just was like, you know, fuck this, it's getting really late and I should leave, because it was about 5 o'clock in the morning or something like that. Oh, shit. Uh, Yeah, I was helping him move into his new place. I, like, brought a TV, and then I brought all his games and DVDs and stuff, and, you know. Just so that yeah. we could also have something to do while we were there, because we were just chilling. Um, 
chilling, chilling, you know how to call, right? You know how to play something. <laughs> so, um, I decided to, you know, start playing. It was about three or four o'clock when that happened. So, um, uh, after we finished playing and I was all like, well, I think it's time to go. He was like, wait, 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 try this. And he had me fight Aaron Ryan. Oh, God. Aaron Ryan is pretty crazy to fight. Oh, my God. I forgot how he fights. I think I was playing him. I, I had gone through, like, a, a not a midnight run, but I was playing pretty late into the night, and I finally got up to him. Mm-hmm. And I was so tired by that point. My eyes weren't drooping, but, like, my mind wasn't right. And I, I, I must have quit and restarted, like, seven times because <laughs> I didn't want to have that. And then I just gave up, and I played the next day. But, oh, fuck. Do me a favor. Talk about him and, and, and give me a recap of his patterns because I forgot how he goes. Well, from what I remember, because I only fought him, like, twice. I'm like, oh, damn, I'm not ready for this. Um, okay. He jumps all over the place. Like, he starts out, uh, he'll, like, jump towards you and do a kind of like a ghetto punch. Where he just, like, overhands you. And he'll oh, jump yeah, to yeah, the yeah. left, and he'll bang his head and then hit you, and then jump to the right, and then just straight up hit you. Um, then if you knock him down, he starts jumping on the ropes and then attacking you from there with a, with his head. And oh, it's just, okay, okay. It, it's all unpredictable. And it, it, when you, in order to actually hit him, you have to beat him to the punch and then you can actually hit him more than once. If you don't, if you like dodges move and then punch him, oh, in the face, yeah, you go hit him once and he dodges and then he'll hit you. Okay. It's coming back to me. Yeah. Cause he was, he was already pretty tough in the super Nintendo version like, with that stupid grab that he does, so I was expecting something pretty bad. Uh. I didn't expect what I got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I, I remember he was in Super Punch-Out, but of course I don't have Super Punch-Out, so I don't really remember anything that he does. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which, um, you know, that's the thing. I, I don't remember anything that he actually did. Um, that, I think, what I do here. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fixing your grammar. No, no, I, I was trying to choose a... You know, doing these surveys in the background. Oh, uh, okay. And so I was trying yeah. to choose a car that uh, I would buy, in, like a hybrid. But oh. Anyway, uh, so that's really all I played. Let me ask you something about uh, uh, your progression through the game. Mm-hmm. When was it where it got really hard for you? Because for me, like, I was playing and it was challenging because everything was new. Mm-hmm. But it didn't, like, hit me over the face until Great Tiger. Yep, when, that's like, when it happened. When I could, okay, yeah. Because when he does that stupid Mirage dance, which is completely different from the NES version, yeah. like, I dodged way too late every single time. Not only did I, do- did I dodge late, but I dodged the wrong direction. Oh, and man. I was just like, I don't, I don't know how to solve this. And then I finally, like, I got up and I came back. and like, all right, let me do this again. And then I finally beat it, like, barely beat him. Like, he was the first one that totally smacked me upside the head. And then it went just downhill from there. <laughs> what happened with me was... um. You know, uh, Glass Joe, Pizza Cake. Von yeah. Kaiser, Pizza Cake. Yeah. Um, who's after Von Kaiser? Uh, Disco, Disco Kid. Kid. He beat me once, and then I figured him out. And I uh, Pizza Cake. Yeah, but uh, he was still pretty pretty hard until you until you had to like until you had the pleasure of fighting him for a full game once, and then you figured him out. Yeah, exactly. Like the first time, I was like, okay, well, it's learning. I'm probably not gonna do so well. And then I kind of figured out his movements, and then second time he was down. King Hippo, Pizza Cake. But it's because when he goes, when he goes, here it comes. You're like, you, you dodge right away, and then it's like, wait, no, he waited for a second, and then he hits you. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Disco Kid, not Hippo King Hippo. For yeah, yeah. Listening, but yeah, he's like, here it comes, dodge, ah, oh, shit, and then punch. you smack, and then he yeah. like swings to the left, swings to the right, and you're like trying to hit him, you're trying to figure stuff out, but he's kind of moving erratically. But then, like second time, I was like, man, pussy, pow, pow, pow. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you, you I, know, I made them bounce across all the uh, the poles. Yeah, the, the four lights. Yeah. Yes. You you know the four flashing red lights. You know the thing about King Hippo uh, for me is that until he gets to that point where he clobbers you over the head, mm-hmm. he's uh, he's actually easier. The, I find him easier than the NES par- counterpart just because um, just because basically any time he opens his mouth, he's vulnerable. Yeah. Vulnerable. So like after he misses a punch, like the regular punch, you can hit him, but in the NES version, you can't. True. So I was like, oh, okay, I can like hit him anytime. Um, did you try to get the achievement for him? No, I didn't. Um, I really that's just a played pretty through the inter- main thing. Okay, that's a that's a really interesting one. When you get the game, or if you play it at my place, I want you to try. It. It's it's very interesting. Okay. To try to to try to beat him without ever hitting him in the head. Oh man, that means you have to yeah. wait. Do a lot of waiting, right? Because I know well, it's that there's one point where he drops his pants and you can hit him in the stomach. Right. That's one. But all uh, like like all I'll say because I don't want to spoil it is it just. You just have to kind of look and think about it. It's nothing that you would ever – like for me, then again, I'm a dumb man. But it's nothing that I would ever have suspected if I didn't like just kind of sit there and watch for like an entire match and then start and like restart because I wouldn't have – you know, some people figure these things out like, oh, I got it, but I, I couldn't. So like I sat there and I was like, all right, what does he do? What what are these strange things that he's doing before the punch, mm-hmm. after the punch? Like what what kind of vulnerability is he leaving there? I can't figure it out. Oh, there I see it. I see it. And then I went for it, and it, it worked. Um, but that's, like, a really interesting one to get. And, like, I really like that whole little achievement thing because it, t- it, it makes you figure out those little quirks about how they fight. And, like, that's how you figure out the shortcuts. Because, like, in Super Punch-Out, there are a lot of shortcuts you can take, but you just have to kind of trial and error it. In mm-hmm. like super in, in, in We Punch Out, it's like, all right, here's the goal that you want to go for, and because we're giving you this goal, something should trigger in your mind, like, okay, this is something I should look for. So I found that cool. But then, okay, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. After no. King Hippo, you went oh. on to... After King Hippo, then it was um, Piston Hondo. Right. And he gave me he a, little a little quick. bit of trouble. Yeah, he's because he's a little quick. Yeah, the timing on him is crazy. And, oh, mind you, just because there's many different control schemes, I played Nintendo-style, sort of okay. ro- rotated uh, yeah. horizontally. Um, after Piston Hondo, it was Bear Hugger. Bear Hugger! I, it's been a while since I fought Bear Hugger, and so he gave me a little bit of trouble, but I don't think I he, lost to him. He got a lot hard. I think I, I almost lost him, and I was just like, restart! But, <laughs> yeah, he got a lot harder. Yeah, he did. And um, then Great Tiger, right? Then it was Great Tiger. And yeah. my problem with Great Tiger was that uh catching him in his uh in the flashy flash before he does the, yeah. the straight punch and it, it either flashes gold or flashes red and then I'll usually punch when it flashes red and he'll hit me. And then he has the two different timings on his uh uppercuts. One uh-huh. you can't dodge at all, I don't think. When he goes to the right of the screen. Oh, so you have to you have to like counter him. Yeah, you have to counter him. Okay. It seems because I duck, I dodge left. I well, I can't dodge right because that's in in the direction of his punch. Right. But right. I I dodge with ample. But did time. you did you try it? Hmm. Did you try it or did you assume that because it's in the direction of his punch, it wouldn't? Oh, I tried it. <laughs> okay, I was I was, I was gonna say because sometimes they trick you like that. True, but with Pistahondo, if you dodge into his punch, you will always get hit. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. And they actually tell you at the second round is like, watch the way you dodge. I'm gonna have a chocolate bar. <laughs> this boy can take a whooping. Um, I like it. I, I like it how he takes out the chocolate bar when you hit select. Not select, but you know, minus. Oh no, I didn't see that. I was trying to do it, but I think I pressed start instead of uh, well, oh. plus instead of minus. Oh. So um, they uh, the chocolate bar stuff is really funny. 
like when you beat the the minor circuit and like every scene he's in, he's like, "Go, Mac, do it!" And he pulls out a chocolate bar and starts eating it. Yeah, but um, yeah. Also, the other thing with Great Tiger was that I um I was having trouble with understanding when to hit him for the counter to knock him down in the Mirage Punch because that was I, oh. I refused to uh, try and dodge it. I always oh. wanted to punch him in the stomach. Excuse me, have to cough. <laughs> All right. I you know what I haven't tried that yet. I'm going to because I always dodged. Oh, if you do that, you have to use the hand the same side that he comes in. So if he comes in at you on the left, you have to use your left hand. Use the left. Okay. Button. Okay. Uh, gotcha. Then after I managed to beat Great Tiger because I just like got pissed off at him that much. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. Then it was because I really wanted to see who was the last guy. In uh, right. the major circuit, so then it was Don Flamenco, and I was like, "Oh, come on!" Don You're Flamenco. like, "Why is he the last one?" Yeah, exactly. And then he just started whooping my ass. Did you Did you get to knock his toupee off? No, because that's I how think badly he was whooping my if, ass. Well, no. See, the thing is, I don't think that always happens. I think it it hap- You have to to fight him in a certain way or hit him in a certain way to get it knocked off. But when I did it, he got pissed, mm-hmm. and I and I went down. It was like it's like Narciss Prince. In Punch Out, except in, uh, in Super Punch Out, except in Super Punch Out, you're supposed to get Narcissus Prince Mad. That's the only way you can kind of beat him, Dude, because what? that's the only way he leaves. Him. Uh, you don't remember, like in the special circuit? Well, I don't know if it's the only way you can beat him, but it's the most efficient way to beat him. When you Wait, hit who, Narciss, who, uh, who's that? Narciss Prince in oh, uh, Super Punch Out. I haven't made it that far. I'm sorry. I, no, 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 apologize. There, there's a it's there's a special circuit. There's a special circuit after the after the worlds. It, it's minor, major, world, and then mm-hmm. there's special. That I do, I believe I remember. But and then I there are four, yeah. Either. And then the four fighters are Narciss Prince, uh, this old guy, and then the brothers Nick and Rick Bruiser. And Narciss yes. Prince is this. Uh, Narciss Prince is like this this really prissy fencer looking dude, and he has like a fencing getup on, um, and he protects his face over all other because he's narcissistic. That's why he's Narciss. Prince and uh, mm-hmm. when you hit him in the face, he gets pissed and then he starts like swinging wildly at you. Um, mm. And then when you knock him down, he reverts back to calm. But like, yeah, it's 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 a similar vein to uh, it's it's in a similar vein to uh, uh, Don Flamenco, where like I knocked his two payoff. But like when I knocked his two payoff, he wasn't swinging wildly. He was just like hitting me left and fucking right, and he was already hard to begin with. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, uh, I should not have done that. Yeah, man, that, but, uh, that Don Flamenco was crazy. But oh, one thing when you had mentioned uh, like covering and whatnot, uh, I misinterpreted what you said, so it made me think of something else that was in this new Wii Punch Out that was really cool. Uh-huh. Um, the bruising and stuff that stays on the character. Yeah, like when you punch King Hippo in the stomach enough, his stomach comes out all bruised in the second. Yeah, round. you see like you see like big like red welts. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. I love. That. Uh, what else? There's the um. There's the music, uh, but you didn't get to hear the um, you didn't get to hear the fighter per fighter variations. That only comes yes, when did. you try. Oh, you did. Yes, it's in um in the regular circuit. Oh, 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 you um, is it? Well, I I mean like okay, so as far as I remember, when you're fighting in the career mode, mm-hmm. the music, the punch out music, is is the same for all fighters, differing by circuit. But the um the victory music and the uh and and those little those little small bits of music are customized per fighter. But right. when you fight each fighter in the quick play mode, like to go back and like fight them whenever you want, right. that's when you actually hear the punch out music like during the fight. 
uh, mm-hmm. get customized per fighter. That I remember um, with Aaron Ryan. It was like a Irish kind yeah, of Celtic Oh, right, right. That's style. right, because he made you fight him. In, yeah. Yeah, that was the only um, one I played in exhibition. Uh, did you try it with uh, motion control? No. Just for shits and giggles. Okay. You should try it. It's fun, but it doesn't, you know, like I said last time, it's not the way to play, but it's still fun for mm-hmm. a while. Um, okay. Is that all you've been playing? I'm going to try Okay. That is all I have been playing. What have you been playing? Slunks, what have you... Oh, wait. Pete, what... Oh, wait, you're asleep. Uh, I, uh... Okay, like I said in my Trilobite, I was playing um, Final Fantasy VII for PSP and Monster Hunter Freedom Unite for PSP. A lot has changed uh, over the past 10 hour, uh, 24 hours with Monster Hunter Freedom Unite. A very helpful user by the name of Sparrow... Well, let me get it right, um... It's Sparrowhawk, but the S is a five. Hmm. So that's five his, that's his use five power. That's his username on Giant Bomb. He, uh, I, I'm assuming he's a big fan of the Mono Hunter series. So he was basically like, "Is it against your review policy for uh, for a seasoned veteran to like help you out because the game is hard, but it's not as impossible as you think it is?" Mm-hmm. And so he gave me a couple of pointers. And I'm a dumbass, and, like, for some reason, like, there are two sets of quests in Monster Hunter Freedom, Monster Hunter Freedom Unite. Really? Um, there are the guild quests, and then there are quests that the elder of the town gives you. Mm-hmm. Um, let me back up a second. That reminds me of Monster Hunter Freedom, too. Okay, so let me, let me detail the game just a little bit before I go into what I was complaining about, like, yeah. why I'm recanting. Anybody who's listened to my Trilobite who doesn't know what the game entails might have been confused, so I'm just going to rewind Yeah, I only second. played, like, a half an hour. Yeah. I was harping about it. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if, if you are a person who has played Monster Hunter Freedom 2, it is essentially the same game with a few uh, extensions. So it's basically, to me, it's an expansion pack. More missions, um, more monsters that you can find, and new features, new modes. But by and large, the content is pretty much the same. It's just more. So the problems that remain are still there, um, at least as far as I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the game... Help me out here because you've played Fantasy Star. But it seems to me like... A fantasy star game set in a monster hunting uh, theme. Okay. Where, and and again, this is where I need your help with fantasy star. There doesn't seem to be a huge overarching story. All that seems to happen is you wake up in a town after being knocked the fuck out by a dragon. Um, they 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 train you. You go out on these missions to collect monster pelts or fangs or bones or what have you by killing them. Right. You go back to the town, you trade them in, you, you you earn gold for your missions, you increase your abilities, and then you go out again and collect more. So it's very much it very much seems like a collection game with uh and and it's not role playing uh battle system as as you're as you're used to. It's actually right. action combat. It's real time. Uh yeah, real time combat. Um and so the difficulty for me came from combat in that, you know, I'm used to, if a game is action-centric, I'm used to certain conventions such as either a lock-on technology or a camera that's panned out so that you can see your playing field more uh, uh, more, more, more effectively, basically. Mm-hmm. And that, that's why God of War does what it does. Even to human, even though the camera system is kind of shitty, it's still panned out so that you can see a lot of the field. 
and Monster Hunter is very much behind you. Not entirely, but enough to make it a little frustrating to try to get to enemies behind you. And so you have to use the D-pad for your camera. And it's not necessarily anyone's fault because what else are you going to use? But it makes it very difficult to like to run and swerve the camera at the same time to get a best to get the best view of your your terrain at, yeah, at all times. Sounds like Fantasy Star. That's what I do. Yeah, and so so that being action, it, it sounds like I wouldn't like Fantasy Star either. But well, I I don't know because I've never played it. Mm-hmm. Um, Fantasy Star Online, to be clear for anyone listening, um, I do like Fantasy Star Four, but. Um, yeah, and so that's where the difficulty's coming in, and uh, you know he's he he basically said, well, first of all, you're you're doing the wrong quest. Uh, go to the elders' quest because the guild quests are meant for two or more players, and uh-huh. the fact that I uh, the fact that I beat a guild quest like sent me into like shrieks of joy. I was like, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I was already talking yeah. to me about that. You're like, I was I, I was already I was like, I beat a quest, but I was halfway into it when when Sparrowhawk commented on my blog. He was like, Oh, I think you're taking the wrong quest, and then I'm like, Oh, duh. So the the elder quests are really a lot easier, and I feel like a dumbass, but at the same time, like the problems are still there, and combat is either boring or frustrating because it's like the camera's all wonky. There's no lock on. Is blah 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 blah. But like at the same time, it's just like mash mash mash, and there's there's really nothing much to it. So obviously the com it's all right if the combat's a little boring because that's not well, I, w- I should say this. It would be all right if the combat were boring because this is a game about collection. Diablo's combat mm. is fucking boring. Titan yeah, Quest's yeah. combat is fucking boring. For some reason, it's just completely compelling. It's very boring but compelling at the same time. You just want to keep on clicking. Shit. Because it kind of goes by fast and they throw a lot of monsters at you. Mm, in yeah. Monster Hunter Freedom Unite, they can't really afford to throw like 15 monsters at you because of the camera. At the same time, it, combat feels very slow and kludgy. And, like, I'm a very – I'm a type of guy where if you include a type of element in the game, at the very least you have to get it okay. Right. I don't think they got it okay. I think it's a little less than mediocre. And that's not a, like, oh, it's terrible, but it's not, it's not good. I'm, I'm sticking to my guns. It's not good. I don't feel it's good. Joe Dodson in his review on Game Saw Monster Hunter Freedom uh, 2 said it was awful – and when I was fighting those those guild quests, yeah, I felt awful because it felt like you couldn't destroy anything because they were so strong. I will recant the awful, but it's still kind of bad. But w- now that I've been able to beat like a few more than a handful of missions, I'm seeing where the compelling factors come in where it's like, all right, well, I want to create a new weapon. Well, shit, I need some lizard scales. Now I'm going to take this mission, go out, and while I'm, while I'm fighting... I'll eventually run across some lizard scales because I have to fight lizards for my, you know, for the goal, for the mission goal. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I got these scales, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to upgrade this weapon, and then I'm going to re-equip it and try to learn how to use that. And then it's it's basically a Pokemon complex, and it's, uh, you know, everything outside of the combat is actually pretty fun. Mm. So when, when Which I'm is sitting... crazy because it's a game <clears throat> about combat. Right. Um, so when I was sitting there kind of drunk on my trilobite, Ranting and raving about the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because, that. yeah, it's because I wasn't able to get to that fun part because I was having such a tough time fighting. The problem is that even though I can get to these fun parts now, is that it's still very action combat oriented. You have to do that in order to get what you need to do. Uh, like so far, like maybe when you get into the advanced stages of the game, you can just like farm and shit mm-hmm. and get stuff because there is a farming mode in the game. But right now, everything is based on fighting and collecting stuff. After, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm shit. I'm burping. Sorry, I'm hiccuping. Oh, but uh, 
Blah. But like fighting, and that was a fake one, by the way, guys. Uh, <laughs> fighting uh, to collect stuff, and it's just like I know that this is typical of these types of games. I but I I feel that there's like like I said about Portal and like a lot of other games. I always feel that there's a way to make things better if the developers would just kind of put their minds to it, and I just kind of don't see them doing even a little tweak, like making the camera perspective pull out just a little bit, like would have made it you know, palpable. Um, and making it so that you're able to change direction after you swing. Because if you do triangle, 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 right? you you shoot out in that direction. You move in that direction, you're saying? You move in the direction that you're facing. Uh. If you do triangle, 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 or, or square, square, square in God of War, if you time it right, you can, like, you can kind of veer in a, in, in a different direction as you're swinging those hits out. So square, square, square... Kratos will swing once and then slightly change direction, swing again, and then slightly change direction and then swing again so that you never really quite lose sight of your enemy. Right. In this game, it's not that way. It's more like in Sparrowhawk compared it to Soul Calibur where if you do a combo, um, you're going in one direction. So, you know what I mean? Like, if, yeah. you, if, you, do, if you do like a, 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 a BBB with Siegfried, you're going to go in that direction. You can't just change direction right after the right after um, the, the fighter dodges your hit. But my content... And, and that's a very good point, but my contention is this isn't Soul Calibur. This isn't a fighting game. It's an action game where multiple characters can gang up on you. Um, and even though a good tactic to, to, to use is to run away and then fight them one-on-one, they can still... The fact of the matter is that they can still gang up on you, and so you, you need to be given the tools to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you are. So it's like if you and if you hit an enemy once in a combo and he kind of either reels back or changes direction, then you've kind of lost him because you're veering off into that direction that you've been comboing in, right? Like right. if he kind of hops to the side, he, you keep on going. And, and again, that's where yeah. And that's why he mentioned Soul Calibur. And I can understand that, but like I said, there, there are different things to that that doesn't that, that don't really jive. Um <clears throat> like at the end of the day, it's a it's a heavy part, and I think that somebody likened it to Mega Man only being able to shoot four pellets out, and then you know uh, having to consistently press on the fire button to shoot instead of holding it down. Right. And those are two very different things. Completely different. I feel that, and this is this is an analogy I used. I feel that, let's say you have a bunch of trivia cards. You're playing Trivial Pursuit, okay? Mm-hmm. And the cards that you're using are so fucking slippery that you can't pick them up nine out of ten times. Like, you try to pick them up, they slip out of your hand. (laughs) Okay. That, to me, is what a shitty camera is like. It's, It's a technical flaw with the product that hinders your ability to use it at its most basic level. Lack of lock on or a bad camera. Lock on to me is a compensation for a bad camera. It uh, I'm willing is. to admit that depends, but like on the situation. It dep- it, yeah, you're right. It depends, but it can be a compensation. They can use that as a like if I ha- if I was dealt with a shitty camera, but they gave me lock on, I would not be as mad because lock on like helps me fight. So either you get a good camera or you get lock on. And so having a bad camera and then having all these like weird things like the the stiff animations to me, to me it's a technical design issue when you're talking about this type of game this, with this type of action. Like, I don't buy the Soul Calibur argument because it's a different type of game. Yeah. Uh, and and the difference with Ninja Gaiden is that he moves so quickly that you are able to kind of, like, after you, you are able to regroup after a combo and change directions. 
Um, and because I, I don't remember if you're able to like switch up where you're facing during a combo, like you can in God of War. So I, I can't remember. Okay. But Ryu, I, I think, is regardless. He's so quick that it doesn't really matter. Like, and you can guard and everything. Anyway, sorry, veering off topic. But so that to me is like getting a Trivial Pursuit deck that you can't use. Shitty cameras like that. <laughs> Whereas Mega Man being limited to four bullets because like anytime you're firing on an enemy, like the way that the Capcom places enemies in Mega Man to me. Uh, and this is a, a hallmark of good level design, is that they're never, uh, or rarely at least, they're, they're they're rarely not in a place where you won't have to worry, where, where like that four bullet thing is a concern. Like right. you'll you'll have an enemy on the far side of the screen and an enemy like in the middle of the screen, and when you fire upon that enemy, which is the more imminent threat, like the four bullet issue is a non-issue because the bullets are going like. Recycling the enemy fast of, enough. Yeah, it's recycling faster. Yeah, so you don't even need to worry about that, and that's the way that they've designed the levels. Um, and then the fact that you have to keep on mashing the button, well, that's a hallmark of traditional 2D shooting is to test how, how skilled you are at shooting you know, with your thumb, like how fast your thumb speed is. Um, and so that, to me, is like having a Trivial Pursuit deck with very difficult questions. Mm. You may not enjoy those questions, but at least you can use the fucking cards if you needed to. That's true. So it's not an ir- inherent flaw with the usability of the product. It's the design of the product. And like you could argue that them making you go in one direction is a desi- is a design decision. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I can I can di- I can have a discussion around that point more readily than I can have a discussion around look, oh, a bad camera is a design decision. You know, no. Like <laughs> no. People, yeah, right. let's no. the camera shitty. Right. Yeah, you want to tell- and, and let's also <laughs> make the controls really sloppy and loose. Yeah. Like, if, if you want to argue that, like, we intentionally made it so that you can't change direction because we want you to, uh, we want you to not go crazy with your combos and become a more reserved tactical thinker, I don't agree, but I can buy, I, I can, I can, you know, like I said, I can have that discussion. Mm-hmm. I can live with that. You know. I can live with that. Like, kind of like wanna- Resident Evil, except there's two ways you can look at that, too. Right. If you want to say that, well, we didn't provide lock-on because, and, and this is something, this is another point that Sparrow pointed out, because hitting different parts of a monster's body actually matters. If you hit them from the side versus from the front versus from the ass, different things happen to them. Like, if you keep on, like, I haven't experienced this myself, um, but he says that, you know, different different hits, like, make them stagger differently, uh, are more effective, or are less effective, or take more damage, whatnot. But at the same time, I feel that you can implement an Eternal Darkness-esque system where you can target different parts of their body. The whole point for me with Lockin is to not make it easy for you to auto-aim, because he compared it to FPS auto-aiming, which I hate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, again, it's a different game, and it's a different type of thing. Auto-aim, I wouldn't use to make it a cheap excuse for like, oh, you don't have to work to fight, but more of, look, the camera's shit, so let's at least let you center on an enemy. Like... Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be like automatically like zoom uh, like like homing in on an enemy and, and directing your every move to it, but at least keep the camera centered on him. So, but I mean now I, it's been more palpable, more um, I guess less of a frustration to play. So I'm you know I've passed that hump. Um, I'm not throwing my PSP anymore. <laughs> Put it that <laughs> That's way. Good. Yeah. Uh, Pete said he will be on in three minutes, so anybody out there waiting for his smooth and sultry voice and his yawning and everything, uh, he will be on soon. But uh, for now, let's take a break and move on to the mailbag. (laughs) 
Uh, welcome, Pete, back on the cast. Um, we just got through what we've been playing. Uh, I, re I I made some amendments to my trilobite, but Pete, uh, is there anything else you've been playing? Uh, do you want to recap for in 30 seconds what you mentioned on your trilobite, or or should we move on to the mailbag? I actually didn't do a trilobite this week. Uh, from last week, I'm sorry. So Okay, so what, what have you been playing? I've been playing a lot, but I wanted to say, first of all, that um, I noticed in last week's episode that there was a lot of echo when I was talking, so yep. I'm trying a new way of recording. So hopefully the quality is not so much worse, um, but I don't think it's going to be better because <laughs> <laughs> I did a little test recording and uh, the way I'm recording now is a there's a, kind of a little bit of background like static on my end, um, but it should hopefully clear up the echo if, if I was I can, causing it. I, I get rid of that during post-production. So anybody out there listening, if you've listened to some of our casts and maybe sometimes our voice gets like robot-y, it's because like there's white noise, and I use the program to get rid of the white noise, and that takes away some of the fidelity of our voice, but it also gets rid of the white noise. So um, it, it, leave us feedback. Let us know if you prefer the robot voice or white noise or whatnot. I personally think that white noise is distracting, but if, if you listeners out there prefer one over the other, let us know. Um, keep giving us feedback. Let us know. All right. Well, you let me know how it works out for you. I will let you know, sexy. What? Huh? So anyway, uh, what yes. I'm saying is um, – I've actually been playing a lot, because oh! uh, the reason I didn't do a trilobite is I was hoping Slunks would be on this fucking week. Um, cause, <laughs> He's having uh, sex right now, so he can't be bothered. Well, I bought and played Braid, oh. and I beat it. All yeah, in it's on Steam. Holy like shit! Everything. How many hours did that take you? Under five. Really? You're yeah, smart. Well, How the hell well, did you do when, that? When I tried GameFX.com! <laughs> no, actually, I didn't use any help at all. I seriously just sat and did it all on my own. Um, but uh, when I I think a little bit of a help, but it wasn't that much. Of a, it wasn't that much. But uh, when I bought, when I played the demo, uh, you get a few like puzzle pieces in like the first two worlds or whatever. Um, and uh, it keeps your inform the information as long as you don't delete the demo, it keeps that uh, stuff there. So when you unlock the full game, I was already started like a few like with like maybe like six pieces. I mean, they were easy pieces to get, but. Uh, that was like, you know, probably an extra like half hour that saved me. But either way, I seriously just like went through and played and there were a few parts that I got stuck on, but like the game really is that like kind of game where if you just sit and think about it, you will figure out the answer. Okay. And it's just a matter of doing it. Some of the parts of doing it can be really challenging. Um, like I there were definitely parts where I just like kept going, fuck, rewind, fuck, rewind, fuck, <laughs> rewind. Yo, and he I, got like, that time rewinding potion that don't run out. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so the story, I, after having played the entire game now, the story is, like, I don't know. I, I, in the end, I actually don't give a fuck about the story, but, um, maybe there's this big, <laughs> important, artistic piece that everybody loves, but I really don't give a fuck. But the gameplay was so great that everyone should play the game just for how amazing the gameplay is. Okay, fair enough. Um, I also, uh, bought... Before, actually, before that, like it was earlier in the week, I bought Ticket to Ride because mm -hmm. uh, I remember I was talking about those demos last week. Yeah, yeah, uh, the, the yeah the train game. Yeah, so that was the one I wound up choo, actually buying. Choose you. <laughs> that was the one I ended up ended up actually buying, um, and so I got a, I played that for a little bit, and since I didn't have a gold account, then I was just playing against AI, and I was like, oh my god, this is this is fun, but it sucks just playing against computer. Um, and then in the middle of the week, I turned on the 360, and there was a uh, like a notice on my thing since I was on a silver account 
where they're doing a promotion of uh, one gold for or one month gold for one dollar. So it's like, um, okay. Oh, shit! Wow. So, so I got a month of gold for a dollar. So then I've been playing Ticket to Ride online. Golden and, shower. And uh, that was a lot of fun. I remember on uh, old GFW radios, uh, Jeff Green talking about the game. I don't think he was talking about the 360 version. I think he was talking about the PC about like how people like it's ridiculous because even in, in a game like that, you get people who will grief and uh, and you get people who will, who will rage quit. Um, but uh, the few people that I play with online on the 360 version, maybe the griefers and stuff moved on to something else, and only people who are actually into the game like it because the few people I played actually played it like seriously and like not like dicks and stuff um so it was an enjoyable experience and then i also bought because it came out earlier this week uh the i I don't know if you guys are into magic the gathering at all but i used to i used to play it way back when like pre-2000 uh like in my high school years and stuff and so i haven't played it like in a long long time and they came out with uh this game uh on the 360 arcade called uh duels of the plane planeswalkers now, back in, like, forever ago land, there was a PC game called Duels of the Planeswalker, I thought. Although, apparently it wasn't. It was called something else. But I thought that's what this game was, and it's not. But it's, uh, the game that they put out, the Magic game they put out, actually is, uh, a fun experience for Magic players. Um, it definitely got me rehooked on the game in general. Uh... But the problem with that game, for anybody listening who isn't a Magic and considering it, if you haven't bought it yet, you might want to like look into it before you decide to purchase it. Because I thought you would be able to like pretty much customize whatever deck you wanted, because that's part of the fun of Magic is making whatever deck you want. Mm-hmm. And this one, they only have like have you start out with two decks that are pre-constructed decks, and then you can unlock other decks. But I think you can only get up to eight, and you can only play with those eight pre-constructed decks. You can unlock additional cards for those decks to, to like, uh, either add in or remove, but you can't actually remove the core cards of the deck. So there's really no deck construction at all. That so, crappy. yeah, it's really limited. I mean, it's, it was a good way to get me back into the game. And, I mean, it's something just fun to play if I wanted to just, like, do something. Like, if, if I, um, I don't know. It, it's an, it's an, okay game it looks pretty and it, the mechanics work great for magic and everything um i definitely think it'd be a good if you're not somebody who's in a magic who's interested in it uh you could definitely just download the demo try the demo and then if you get interested in it you can move on to the actual card game or do what i did and go to magic online which is the pc version um that is also something i used to play way back when like back when it first came out um but uh, I hadn't played that in forever, so I spent like an I put it on my computer last night, and then I spent like an hour trying to remember what my uh, username password combination was, and I finally stumbled upon the right combination and was able to log in. So I already had some cards to play with and everything. With that, you actually that that is a like micro payment type thing where like you actually you you were buying digital cards in that. Uh, so like, and it's the same. Uh, MSRP as the actual physical card. So some people have a problem with that. They don't like the idea of paying real money for digital cards. Right. I don't right. really, I don't really care because I mean you're still playing the game and on they have a an option where if you collect the entire set of a like of a certain series, you can actually trade like hit a button and trade in your digital cards for the full <sighs> for the real set. ones. Yes. I, I have a question real quick about that. Sorry to interrupt your thought, but I. I... Did I mishear or misread? I thought that there was 
Um, if it wasn't magic, it may... Oh, you know what it was? It was Eye of Judgment. I thought that you could take magic cards and then scan them in and use them digitally, like if they had a barcode or something, but that must have been Eye of Judgment. Yeah, I think that's yeah Eye of Judgment does that. No, magic isn't like that. Um, but, uh, so real quick, just to finish what I was saying, was, uh, that's what I did. I jumped onto that and was playing some of that. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I think if uh, newbie magic players want to... Uh, like check it out. Definitely try the demo on the 360, and you never know. You might end up liking that game enough to purchase it. Just remember that it's really limited. And um, yeah, I'll be playing Magic Online for a little while now. Um, and I think that's all I played. Uh, yeah. Whoa, oh right, wait, real quick. Right, uh, real quick, one other thing. I I tried I, I tried more demos. Um, but the important one that I want to talk about is uh that uh Al, you mentioned why? Well, okay. So I played Rocket Riot, but mm. it just reminded me that, Al, you mentioned in your trial bite, and it's a good thing you did because I was going to call you out on it. Joyride never fucking came out. Yeah, I know. Um, I noticed <laughs> that when I turned on my Xbox finally after telling a couple of people about it and then saying, okay, let me go try out Joyride. And then I see a trailer, and I'm like, wait a minute. So I go back to the <laughs> site that I saw the information about, and then I realized that it was actually a preview. Yeah, I, I spent like an hour looking over Marketplace. I'm like, where the fuck is it? Yeah. I was like, where is it? Okay, yeah. But then you mentioned on your trial bite, so I was like, okay, well, at least he caught his bad. Mm. Um, but uh, Rocket Riot is a game that did come out, and um, it's not an Avatar game, even though I think it's listed as an Avatar game, which is weird, uh, because you use little in-game avatars that you unlock, but uh, not your not your avatar. Not your, okay, I see. Uh, not your me. Right. Um, but the game actually seems pretty, pretty cool. It's, uh, like, definitely old-school retro 8-bit style graphics. It's just a... Uh, I don't know how to describe it. Just like a 2D plane, and you use it's a twin stick shooter basically. Uh, you're a little rocket pack guy where you use your left stick to fly your little rocket guy around. Uh, actually, I don't, forget, I don't know if you have a rocket pack or if you are a rocket. I don't remember. Either way, uh, you use your left stick to fly around, and it's got like uh, rocket physics, if that makes sense. Or uh, like it's like asteroids, physics. like asteroids. Yeah, uh, we'll see. But that's the thing. It's not. It's more jetpack physics because like you, there's gravity in play, so you will fall back down. Oh, oh, it's 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 from the side view. I'm sorry. It's not like it's not like all directions. It's like it's like a side. View. Right, right. Like it's like um, you're like it's uh like an elevation thing. Like you're solar jetman. At... Solar jetman is what that reminds me of. And I remember. I think I remember Shane mentioning that on on Listen Up. Okay. Like, that that's pretty much what 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 it's it sounds like to me as well. It's funny because no one on that podcast knew what Solar Jetman was, mm. <laughs> and I thought that everyone knew that. Uh, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. But uh, yeah, so like, and then they use the right stick to fire rockets, but the the shooting's a little weird because you have to like, you you don't just uh because it's weird because you're aiming with the left stick and you're uh you know shooting with it, but like the way it is is you hold the left to where you want to aim. You see a little. Uh, like red dot come off your guy and just move about like an inch away from him, and uh-huh. you can rotate that to where you want to aim, and then you release the red stick, the right stick to uh, fire the rocket. Oh, so it's like a little bit, a little bit weird. But um, what it, the point of the game is going to be, uh, or like the main like catch of the game is going to be like it's got like kind of like a massive multiplayer thing going on. I don't know how many people you can get in a game, but like seven. I've, is that it? Just seven? <laughs> I don't know. I just oh. spat at a random number. Keep going, uh, Steve. It, it probably is, like, <laughs> may, I don't know, maybe it is eight, maybe it's more, I don't know. But anyway, uh, like, so you get, like, all this chaos of, like, everyone flying around the rockets, sh- shooting off other little mini-missile things, and, like, 
whenever like you can pretty much blow up anything in the world because like it's all just eight bit graphics, so everything's destructible. Um, kind of like uh, kind of like worms. Um, where like you're blowing up the uh, environment to get to your opponents oh, and stuff. Oh, I see. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, that's cool. And then like yeah, there's all these little like eight bit explosions. Um, but yeah, it seems like it could be really fun with like a huge group of people. Uh, the only problem is, again, my problem with the limitations of Xbox Live are that demos. you can't play them online, yeah. Right. Like, I'd rather have a timed demo than not be able to try it online. Right. Anyway. Or, or at least if you go online, like... No, timed demo probably works best, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's that. That's it then. <clears throat> Alrighty, we're going to move on to the mailbag. We actually had people coming in today with mail. Uh, let me scroll up and find our questions. Question People physically from... brought you in mail today? Physically, yes. Uh, question from True32000. Um, I'm not sure if that's your handle, but that's what you put on here, so okay. He says, Many games like Mag seems, seem to be taking up the ante by following the procedure, the bigger, the better. Developers are trying to be innovative by making their games focus on larger-scale mechanics and not lower-scale mechanics. An example being Halo or Half-Life that didn't try to be expansive and big, but instead focused on linearity and original gameplay mechanics and scenarios. Do you think this is the right move for developers to focus on size rather than the opposite? Good question. Anybody want to jump in first, or should I fire off? Wait, what was the question again? Do developers focus on size over what? <laughs> over uh, over uh, the motion of the ocean. No, here, I will piss <laughs> with you again. Do you think it's the right move for developers to, to focus <clears throat> on size rather than the opposite? The opposite meaning, like... Well, I guess um, i got to read the whole question again. Well, no, um, yeah. It's I'm about, like, uh, bigger or smaller games. Original gameplay mechanics and scenarios. So right, okay, okay. okay. Um, well, I think in my estimation, the reason why this is happening is because um, the, the tech is there. And it's not necessarily that they think that this is truly the innovative way to go, but I think they have to take a stab at this type of stuff because it's like, look, when we moved from uh, from uh, uh, Super Nintendo to PlayStation, even, even Nintendo to Super Nintendo, it's like, all right, now we have all these pretty graphics. I think we can try to do 3D. Let's try to do 3D. And some people were like, well, this is a feature, let's try it. And some people were like, no, 2D is, you know, we have to make powerful 2D games because they can process a lot and, like, we know how to make 2D games. And arguably, you can make the same kind of, kind of, arguably, you can make the same kind of argument here that it's like, um, hey, you know, 3D is, you know, just because it's there doesn't mean you should use it. Um, a lot of 3D games have sloppy cameras and, like, look at the frame rate, look at these graphics, they kind of suck, blah, 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 blah. You shouldn't focus on this. You should focus on what you know and make, like, real tightly made, refined games that uh, from the genres that we already know and, and focus on those kind of mechanics. But because we're advancing in technology and because the world has opened up to us with each and every iteration, we, we kind of have – we owe it to ourselves to tr- – oh, like I'm a developer. They <laughs> owe it to themselves to try it to see where they can go with this. And a game like Mag, while I'm personally not interested in it, it's still kind of like, well, we can do it now. We should try to do it because – we're venturing upon a space where World of Warcraft has been supporting millions upon millions of users. 
Um, something like Planetside was a massively multiplayer online shooter. What if we take those numbers and put it onto a simple Battlefield-type formula? Like, will we will we uh, give you a fun experience with that? Will people resonate with that? Is this the next wave of things? We don't know, but we should try. And I know that's kind of like, that doesn't sound like smart business, but it's like, what 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 good is it if we don't try to to, to you know explore new things i'm talking about it like it's a fucking moon landing but it's just games but still it's like you know like what happened if if grand theft auto 3 was never attempted right we'd never really we'd we'd never really get grand theft auto 4 we wouldn't get crackdown we wouldn't get prototype we wouldn't get infamous now th- that that could be I, I could be saying something that's easily misunderstood. I'm not saying that Grand Theft Auto was the reason these games exist. What I'm saying is the ideas behind saying, let's take this open-world idea and, and, and try to push it, you know, um, at the expense of, yeah, maybe tighter mechanics, but we're going to innovate, and those will come later. So I think that I agree that sometimes these things come at the expense of tighter p- gameplay, but I think it's necessary. it's a necessary obstacle to overcome because once... Once we get there and we find something that works, it'll be all for the better. So that that's the way I see it. Yeah. Um. I mean, I he okay. He says uh, many games like Max and taking up the ante with blah blah blah, following procedure bigger better. And he says, do you think it's the right move for developers? Like, it's not like a lot of developers are doing. I mean, you still got a lot of develop- developers, you know, focusing on their like linear tight gameplay and stuff. And um. The developers of Mag is uh, Zipper, so and you know they made the SOCOM games, right? Right. And I, I think they just you know wanted to branch out and try something new. Now you know if it doesn't work for them, then hey, they'll probably just go back to making like, you know, like SOCOM games or something. Because I know SOCOM games, are, while they're like, they're they're big, they're not like on the scale of Mag. And like I think SOCOM games have I've never actually played one, but I know they have like kind of a reputation for being very tight and stuff. Uh huh. Um. So uh, like. It's probably just you know developers want to ex- like experiment, like uh, take what they know and and grow with it and stuff. So I think it is a right move for developers to try to branch out and try other things and see what works for them. Um, because uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, if they didn't, like you said, like if well, yeah, like if Rockstar didn't, uh, you know, decide Push the to, envelope. Yeah, Rockstar <clears throat> did make the was it the same studio that made the original two Grand Theft Autos, or did it, was the different one that made the third? One? I believe so. That's when they were known as DMA Design, but okay. and then they became Rockstar North, I think. Yeah, because I, I was gonna say like they're you, they're basically the same studio. They just changed their name. Yeah, keep talking. I'm gonna look that up for you guys, but keep talking. Okay, so anyway, yeah, like if they hadn't done that, then we wouldn't end up with Grand Theft Auto where it is now. And like, yeah, if they hadn't focused on franchise exactly like you said, we wouldn't like like. There are so many games that rip off that mentality of Grand Theft Auto in terms of the open world gameplay, and like that may have come around in some way anyway. But GTA definitely helped push that. So you know, Mag doesn't in, in particular doesn't seem like it's going to be um, like I don't know. I don't think it's going to have the uh, effect that um, like <laughs> I don't think it's going to have the effect of Zipper once, and I think they will end up going back to SOCOM games because. Having actually seen, like, you know, I mentioned this in my trial by talking about the E3 press conferences, but having actually seen the MAG uh, demonstration at the press conference, um, it looks pretty generic and just has a whole bunch of people. And I said in my press con- or in my uh, trial by I would in your rather- press conference, <laughs> I said in my press conference <laughs> uh, when I was doing my press conference about MAG that I if that 
if the game doesn't turn out to be something super special, then I would rather just go play a Battlefield game. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean... Breaking announcement from Pete Bellucci. Listen to his press conference. Breaking announcement. <laughs> but, yeah, like, just to uh, basically answer your question, I do think it is a right move in a sense for developers to uh, focus on new and interesting things for themselves. Uh, but, yes, I don't want the developers all to focus on sure. size over sure. substance. Uh, before Al chimes in, I just wanted to clear up something. Uh, yes, Rockstar uh, North was responsible for all Grand Theft Autos. Uh, they changed their name from DMA Design to Rockstar North right after Grand Theft Auto 3, it looks like. They also, and I did not know this, they were responsible for developing Lemmings, which is awesome. Uh, really? I thought, that, I thought that was Psygnosis, but Psygnosis was only the publisher. Publisher, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, isn't it, uh, uh, there's another team. Like, God, there's another name for the team that made Lemmings, but they weren't called Rockstar. It was that, DMA that. Design. Oh, it was when they were DMA Design. Okay. Yeah, it was Rockstar North, and that, that's when they were called DMA Design, and then they and then did all. Somebody else must have taken Dude, over Lemmings. They did, when... they did Uniracers for Super Nintendo. Oh. Really? Shit. Okay. Wow. All right. Quite the um, pedigree there. Yeah. Um, I thought they were just like Grand Theft Auto Heaven, but like all the shit is double respect. Now, uh, Al, your your thoughts on the on the mail? <clears throat> well, I think that there is a market for each of these things. You know, there are people who really love the um, the big, large-scale Battlefield-type games and uh, people who are really into... Pete? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are people who are into things like, you know, <laughs> Deathmatch 4-player 5-8. 16 type of thing. You know, those are small scale, I would say. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, anyway. This is all Stop chat. reading the chat while you're talking. There's crazy shit going on in Sorry, the chat man. room for our, for our know, podcast. I, that, whoop, it, it just gets me. Anyway, uh, Turn it off. It, it's, I don't think that it's innovation to make a game larger and to focus on larger scale mechanics just because these are things that uh, I think that these are things that already exist, like, you know, squad-based combat, but take squad-based combat and combine many different squads. I mean, it's basically just, like, real life. And you take a, a, a big feature of real life, like Battlefield, it's basically, what, 1942 was, like, a recreation of how, kind of, war was back in the World War II era. Um, you take a game like Mag, and it's putting a futuristic concept on it, but it's still, you know, what, 128 versus 128 characters, I'm like, players, at, if you want to put it evenly. That, Mag, that, it, or? Mag was like a, 256 players, right? Is it, uh, Pete, can you clear it up? Is it 256, 256, is it 256 times 2, or is it 128 times 2? I'm pretty um, sure it's 128 I, times 2. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 128 times okay. 2 as well. Okay, okay. So, you know, you get 128 people versus Massive another 128 action people. game. And um, you you basically transform something that just turns into run around and capture, like, three points or take a flag from one point to another or just kill a whole bunch of people in the same small arena into uh, do a whole bunch of different things to contribute to your team's score. Or, right. Uh, I mean, that's really the best way to do it because I don't think that... Uh, it's feasible to make a game of 256 players and make the goal kill the other people because you well, right, 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 right. areas where Not the a game match. just break. 
Yeah. What I've been hearing is that it's basically like the goals are very simple, but it's in the approach because it's such a large team that you have to take a very, very squadron-based approach and like coordinate it all. So even if it's just like, oh, make it to their base and take it over, it it, it takes the place over the course of like an hour. Oh, of course, because it's so, probably a very large yeah. level. And <clears throat> there are probably various points that people have to control in order to gain the advantage. It's kind of like how um, World of Warcraft has the Rates. battlegrounds, oh, and okay. like Alterac Valley is the it's like the definitive battleground. Although now they have other ones, but Alterac Valley was the level where basically you were playing <clears throat> like a stage in Warcraft. <clears throat> uh, excuse me. The goal was to defeat the enemy general, but in order to get there, you had to control all these points. And as you control the points, uh, your characters were able to respawn there. And, you know, once they die, they can respawn closer and closer to the enemy's uh, base. Mm -hmm. To the point where people were respawning, like, you know, 100 feet away from the, the general's bunker, and then they can keep on coming and coming and coming in to bring down the general, which was like this, basically a 40-man raid boss. Mm, okay. So it was a 40 on 40. It was 40 on 40, right? I can't remember anymore. I haven't played WoW in such a long time. I can't remember either. <laughs> I think it's I 40 about... on 40. Um, So, you know, you get 40 people on each side running around attacking each other on, in different areas or uh, mooching off of everybody else and just sitting in a corner and moving every five minutes so they won't idle out of the game. Uh, then you have people who are farming animals. like They're, they're fighting against the non-playable characters to generate resources so that special things can happen. That's rare because people are very, you know, they have, they're close-minded. So what they do <laughs> is they will um, say, okay, well, we got to beat the, the general so we can make our points as fast as possible. So what they'll all do is they'll come up with a strategy of let's just take this base, this base, and then kill the general. And let's try not to interact with the other players at all so that we can beat this as quickly as possible and move on to the next match. So you know, that sucks the fun out of the game. So I hope like Mag doesn't turn into, you know, let's do this one path and this is the best way to beat the other uh, team and let's not do anything else that actually makes the game fun. Right. Before I move on to the next question, uh, I just wanted to touch on something you said that bigger and better is an innovation. I should pro I, I I shouldn't have used that word. So like well, I that's just meant what, like um the in the mailbag developers are trying to be innovative by making the games focus on larger scale mechanics. Not oh yeah, yeah. So I just but feel like that's I, yeah. not right. Okay, but I think I feel like I use that and and I shouldn't. But like I still I still like the the purpose of my statement in the of my response was to basically say like. Even though it may not be innovative, it's something that we should try because maybe this is something that people get into. So, uh -huh. but yeah, you're right. It's not really innovative. Yeah. So. Well, just because uh, you said that, I'm just gonna answer the last question again. I think that I don't think it's the right move to focus on that, but I think that there's a market for it, and like you don't see a whole lot of games like Mad coming out, and that's definitely what I feel is good. Okay. You know, I don't I don't want like every other game to be some huge ass like thousand player game and I I'm not gonna buy them because I'm not gonna wanna play games against nine hundred and ninety nine other people. I think this would include like, oh, this open world game, this Grand Theft Auto is the biggest one yet, or this Oblivion is the biggest one yet, might fall into that. 
So mm, maybe that's what yeah, I was trying those, to think that'll bring me even further into. Well, I don't yeah. want to play this game because I don't have that much time. <laughs> Ah, fair enough. Here's from Supersonic97. Welcome back, buddy. I'm, I'm going to ask the second question first. Letterman O'Brien. Letterman or O'Brien? you got to admit, Letterman is way funnier. Uh, I will answer this really quickly because I don't watch uh, those shows, so I don't really know. All I know is that Conan O'Brien was a writer for The Simpsons for a good long time when it was really funny. So that's the only thing I have to base it on. That's it, I, Tom. I don't watch either either. Either... Well. Also, <laughs> I don't watch it either. either. I don't watch either either. But yeah, uh, I guess if I had to choose one, I mean, I used to watch Letterman way back when, but it's only like when it was just Letterman and Leno, and I didn't really like Leno, and Letterman wasn't even funny. I just put him on so I could fall asleep. Hmm. Um, and but I mean, Conan's sort of funny, but generally not. So neither. <laughs> nah. I I like Conan O'Brien better. Yeah, Conan O'Brien better. You, you like him better. Um, I don't really watch shows because I'm usually leaving for work at that time. But when I used to watch him, I mean, Conan was just hilarious when he first on his on his first show. Right? Yeah, and I think that he really hasn't changed. But you know, Conan O'Brien is usually worth watching. Now here is the uh, here is the big uh, actual question: Should we stick to clearly defined levels? Or should games take after film and never cease in the proceedings? Meaning, like, should it just be one continuous thing? Mm. Uh... I think as a general rule, like I said, there's a market for everything. I, I don't really like to always be playing games that are continuous. You know, only because I like to set milestones for myself. And I like to be able to make a... Uh, you know, make progress based on levels. Like, okay, today I'm going to play two levels of this game. And it might take me, like, you know, six hours to do it. But I will do it, you know, and I'll feel accomplished that I finished a game of, you know, that many, I mean, that many um, levels. But if I play a continuous game for six hours, I could wind up not getting anywhere because it's like... uh, you know, I could spend six hours walking around and like talking to people. Like, if I played Fable for six hours, I might not get as far mm-hmm. in Fable as I'd like to. Well, I, I oh, there was a big echo there. Um, I'm going to say that it both work, and the example that I will cite is Half Life and Half Life Two. Mm. Those are pretty much continuous games, but they a, a chapter pops up every time. You move to a new chapter, but you like uh, put it this way: um, it's it, it's a continuous A to A to Z experience, and it never stops. Yeah, it just shows you like a title card. So, like, wh- you can say that okay, this new chapter heading popped up. Let me save the game now and stop. But you aren't really you aren't really given that closure of a chapter. So in that regard, if that's what you want, you kind of don't get that from Half-Life. Whereas something like uh, Portal gave you every elevator to the next test chamber. Um, what other games? Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I've never encountered a, a really... St- I don't remember real story-based games that actually um, segment themselves into chapters 
such that each chapter comes to a close and the new one maybe Splinter Cell, I guess, but the story was ridiculous in that, so whatever. <laughs> um Pete? Uh I, I, I like it's questions like these are weird because like it's like it makes it sound like I know it's like a hypothetical and stuff and like but it makes it sound like should we go one way or the other and uh, obviously again right. it's like one of those things where it's, it's both should be explored. Um, games that do clearly define levels, such as like a Bioshock, were better for it. Um, did it? Did it? Before we go on, did it segment like that? Like, did it? Like, did a chapter come to a close and like it kind of gave you your status and everything, and then a new chapter opened up, or is or is it just because it it was like Half Life and it gave you title cards? Because I haven't gone through that yet. I feel like I mean, you could go back into other into other areas. I didn't play very far into it. But as far as I played, it definitely felt like it was segmented to me, like it was meant to have specific sections. And I know that you can go back into other areas, but I don't think you have to for any reason. Um, but even like, see, I don't know. To me, it seems like even like something like Half Life, where it is uh, like it, it is like a seamless transition and stuff, and you keep going. Like even that to me, like feels like it has clearly defined levels. Yeah, like, it does. But I, I think his question was because he because he compared it to film. Yeah. Like the whole point was like, do you stop and then because like I'm like thinking where of, it stops and gives you like a score yeah. or ranking for the level or, or, and or even just to... or it even just fades to black and comes so close, kind of like Call of Duty does. I I actually personally I like things that stop and take a break real quick just mm-hmm. to give you kind of like a, a like, breather. Yeah, like uh, even if it's just like a five second breather okay. into something because like usually towards the end of a level the uh tension gets really high you're probably right. fighting a boss or something like that right or right. like that's the way a game should be paced is like you get these like you know there's like going up to a crescendo of the boss fight and then you get like a you know quick break to ease off the tension and you start back off a little slow and then you know it ramps up again i i kind of like games that are paced like that Hmm. okay that makes sense yeah mm-hmm. um I, and i i miss the I, I I miss the NES days where you just came to the end of a level and it started something completely different. Like, I just came out the fire level. Now I'm going to ice level. <laughs> yeah. The problem with that was that every game had a fire level and an ice level. I level. like my fire yeah, levels. Don't take me away. Fire and ice levels. It's like... Otherwise, it's not a video game. In yeah. case people didn't know, I hate the water levels. <laughs> yeah, they suck. Yeah, water levels. All right. Granite always sucks. Shall we move on to the final news segment? Let's do it. Probably. to the news. We're going to try to get through this real quickly because I got a rock band party to get ready for and and, and host. But um, first one is Microsoft confirming and then kind of pulling back on the new 360 in 2010. Um, there there were rumors flying out of OneUp.com saying that like they they were speculating that Natal was actually going to spearhead the new 360. It wouldn't be a 360, but the new Xbox platform. Kind of like how the Wii is the new GameCube with a remote. Um, and Steve Ballmer was at some conference, uh, what was this, um, shit, uh, some, some conference that he, that he was talking about, and he said something like, uh, this is Ballmer's quote, the new device, 
will be equipped with technology that is really, really close to an actuality. The console, which is being described as having a natural interface, will have a built-in camera with the ability to recognize movement and voice, which one might take to be Natal. Mm -hmm. Um, But let me try to find the denial of this. Uh, When asked for Balmer's response, this is from GameSpot, by the way. Um, What... (laughs) I got to read this something in the chat after I finish this article. Uh, the official story, uh, when asked for Balmer's response, Microsoft reps say they did not currently have immediate access to a transcript or recording of the executive speech. They did, however, offer the following somewhat opaque comment. Quote, as the Xbox team stated at E3 two weeks ago, we are not even halfway through the current console generation life cycle and believe that the 360 will be the entertainment center will be the entertainment center in the home for long into the next decade. Project Natal will be an important part of this platform. But we have not committed. We have not confirmed a launch date at this time. And then there's an update. Um, Aaron Greenberg from Xbox Live told Kotaku, "Like, listen, we're not going to be launching a new console anytime soon. Period." I think that Bomber was talking about Natal itself. So that kind of quashes that. And um, Pete wrote in the chat, "Bomber looks like he is secretly beating off in that picture." Secretly. Look at his look. His weird little smile. He does. If you go to GameSpot and go to the Microsoft confirms and denies new Xbox 360 in 2010 and rumor control, that picture does look kind of creepy. <laughs> um, as far as the uh, the story itself goes, uh, like I thought, I remember during the uh, Microsoft press conference, Kudos saying that like it Natal when Natal came out, it was going to work with every 360 that's currently in the homes and any 360 that's like going to be released so right while they while natal might not be ushering in a uh, 360 in 2010 um it doesn't necessarily quash the rumor that there could be a new 360 right su- closer than what they're trying to make you think right i don't i think they need to milk this fucking cow as long as they can because they're in a good spot right now i mean they're not beating the Wii, but they're in a comfortable like hardcore mind hardcore gamer mindshare right now, right? And so if they kind of jump the gun again, they had to jump the gun to the original Xbox because that thing was failing financially and like the contract with Nvidia was running out and all that stuff. Now they, you know, they they have the luxury of being in the lead in the hardcore sector and you know, seeing what Sony does. Right? Because mm-hmm. like as as we're going to talk about in a few minutes, like they they right now are like they're kind of sitting pretty they they are, but they're still gonna like. I I I could definitely see them releasing like a sort of uh, I don't know like I don't want to say gimp system, but different system where the price could be even like lower and come out with Natal and compete with the Wii. Um, oh, the, that's a different mindset than I was totally thinking. That's a good point. That is a good point. Like just like another iteration, like yeah. they'll, call the, they'll call it the three sixty three or something like that. They call it the 180. Yeah. <laughs> the 363. So 360 plus three. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, because I mean, I definitely I I could see them putting out more hardware to try to sell when they put out Natal. Or maybe they just put out Natal, and that in and of itself is enough to run some games because it is like a it does have like a like hardware in it. So I don't know. Uh, I don't want it <laughs> yet. <laughs> Al, do you have any thoughts? Uh, Steve Bomb uh. looks like he's secretly beating off. He's like looking. He's <laughs> like, just look at me. Look at me. Yeah, look yeah, at look me. Yeah. Look, <laughs> at, <laughs> look at me. Um, I I, I hope that 
Microsoft doesn't come out with anything. They, they, you know, they constantly saying, "Oh, this is going to have a ten-year life cycle. This is going to have a ten-year life cycle." But um, then they just announced Natal, and then they had, had I don't know if it was a rumor or if it was announced that it was going to be packaged with Xboxes in the future. I mean, I'm pretty sure. That I, th- I think they. I, I think that was a. I think that was something that someone said at some point, and I think that had some weight to it. So, not I mean, to take it, up more time, but. Ten-year life cycle doesn't mean ten years of just that console. Right, Obviously, right, with the right. PS3, it cut into the PS2's, PS2's ten-year life cycle. Yeah, that's a, that's another good point. Um, but like, hopefully, they milk it. That, what I'm saying is, I want them to milk it before they actually start considering. Just because, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I they have a good opportunity here, and especially because what's coming up next in this in this further news article. Um, it's further. It further kind of bolsters the 360 the 360's position. Uh, if we move on to the next article, it says uh, Luke Plunkett from Kotaku says. Act, and remember, we talked about this last time where Bobby Kotick said he was disappointed to not see price cuts. Now this is coming to a head where Activision says they threatened to stop supporting Sony consoles. Um, and this is a really funny picture of Nixon like just pointing a finger into the chest of like <laughs> again look at this face, but um. It says that uh, uh, Kotick says to the Times, I'm getting concerned about Sony. He's calling out Sony and not the Xbox. I'm getting concerned about Sony. The PlayStation 3 is losing a bit of momentum, and they don't make it easy for me to support the platform. It's expensive to develop for the console, and the Wii and the Xbox are just selling better. Games generate a better return on invested capital on the Xbox than on the PlayStation. They have to cut the price because if they don't, the attach rates are likely going to slow. If we're being realistic, we might have to stop supporting Sony. When we look back at when we look at 2010 and 2011, we might want to consider if we support the console and the PSP too. <laughs> PSP as well, not not two as in the number two. Yeah, the PSP as well. But that's fucking like the last PSP week. Either either. Yeah, either either either. either, either. either. I don't know if, if listeners remember, last week we were talking about, like, hey, you know, th- they, they complained about the price, and then we were kind of like, well, no, they, they they don't have so much sway over, you know, saying that we're going to drop console support. Well, he just fucking came out and did it. Yeah, he was like, bitches, cut the price. Yeah. We'll cut our support, bitch. Oh, it- <laughs> <laughs> Can you be a dick even more? Yeah, and then but then, like, Sony responds and says... PlayStation has tremendous momentum coming out of E3, and we are seeing positive growth with more than 350 titles slated to hit across all of our platforms, including many anticipated games from our publishing uh, publishing partner, says PlayStation spokesman Patrick Sable. We enjoy healthy success... Sorry, we enjoy healthy business relationships with and greatly value our publishing partners and are working closely with them to deliver the best entertainment experience. Okay, Jesus. That is the most PR fucking statement Vague, ever. Non-committal, like, we're okay. We're, we're okay. We're very Don't, much like, in the middle, just we're standing okay. here. Basically, that's him, saying, like. that's him saying, we don't care what Kodak said. Everyone else, don't worry, we're still... We're still good to work with. It's like they, instead of trying to answer, respond to Kodak's remarks, he's just trying to placate anyone else who might be thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really fucking stupid. I hate you know it when what people I, yeah. say talk like that. I I was hoping that it would be a Jack Tretton response, him coming out and saying like, "Well, you know what? Here are the financials for all Activision games on PlayStation. Them shits made money. Leave us the fuck alone." <laughs> but no, it was it was some other dude. Um, but if you remember last time, it was it was it was Trenton who basically said, "Yeah, we'll we'll let them try to make a hardware console and see how they fare." Right. But yeah, I I can't imagine 
Activision just completely dropping support. I I would like to I would really really like to see the profit and loss statements for Activision as they relate to Sony. Uh like as as much of a dick and as obnoxious as Kodak is with these statements, you kind of have to think if they were making money or making a healthy amount of money, he would really have no reason to tell Sony to drop the price because right. what what mm-hmm. business is it of his to say, you know what, we're making money off you guys, but we really think you should drop the price. There must be something there that's saying Activision is not doing well on Sony. That's true. I mean, I'm sure that this was something that they've talked about behind closed doors for a while, probably trying to tell Sony, you know, please drop your price, please drop your price, and Sony being like, no, 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 we're doing fine. And, like, it probably just recently, he's just like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to bring my statements out to the public, because, um, (laughs) uh, what? (laughs) Slugs is having coitus with a female, not a box. This is a glorious day for us all. Anyway, keep going, sorry. Um, okay, so anyway, yeah, uh, <laughs> so anyway, I think, I think Kodak's just, like, Activision in general has just gotten fed up with, like, Sony constantly, like, everyone's been telling them to drop the price, and, like, you know, the Activision's probably just like, screw it, we're gonna, like, let the public know that we are not happy with this, um, cause somebody's gotta, like, force Sony's hand, and I could see Activision actually following through on the on the on the threat here if Sony doesn't drop the price because they're all in business to make money and if you're not making the money then right. screw it. Like Microsoft could definitely at this point just like shove a whole bunch of money at Activision if they want to. Right, right. Did that, and that's yeah, that's exactly what it's just like why would he say that? Like you know the the initial reaction is, is always just like oh Kodak's a dick and then we think about it and it's just like, you know what? He's still a dick. But it's but there must be something there to it, you know? Like, uh, now I'm kind of concerned with Sony, which is not a problem for me because I just buy Activision games on 360 if I wanted to buy Activision games because, you know, there's enough unique stuff on the pl- PlayStation for me, but uh, for the system's success, that this is dangerous. Mm-hmm. But, you know what's funny? Your well, face! Yeah. No, what's up? Um, I don't know if it's going to have the same kind of effect. I doubt it. I highly, highly... Highly, 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 highly doubt it. But if you harken back to um, when the Dreamcast was released, yeah, and oh, EA. EA was sitting back saying, "You know, we're going to just see how well you do before we decide to drop anything on your console," and you know, you kind of say that that has a factor. I-, I say that that has a factor. I should say. Um, in the Dreamcast demise because it didn't have support from the largest published third-party publisher in the wait, world wait, wait, wait. that day. But to, to, to add to that, not only did they not have support from the largest third-party publisher in the world at that point, they didn't have it from the beginning. Sony has had Activision from the gate. And basically, it, it's, it, it's like with, with the whole EA thing, like you and I both griped about this. Like, you know what? I totally cut into what you are saying. Go ahead. Oh, um, I feel like in in conjunction or just you know relating to that particular incident that if Activision was that much of a, a an influence like a you know if they if they were that powerful in terms of throwing Sony left and right making them do a price drop because of right. pulling out publishing and support 
uh, that would be a testament to how strong of a, a third-party publisher they are. And I think that with Sony saying, well, you know, in this PR statement, they're basically like, fuck whatever they do. Uh, if they just want to, if they right. just want to, you know, drop support, they can drop support. We got a lot of other people. Um, I think that it shows the power of Activision in that, you know, so we don't have Guitar Hero and so we don't have um, Tony Hawk and whatnot. We have competitors that provide the similar products. We have, you know, I, EA providing yeah. Rock Band. And I, I, yeah, but I see the one thing that I'm worried about for them is that I see a large market dropping when they don't find out that they can't get Call of Duty because as as much as PlayStation owners have Killzone and Mag and SOCOM, like the mainstream market goes after Call of Duty. True. And that's a huge loss, I I think. But we'll we'll see what happens. Like the Dreamcast thing was different because it's just like. Look, you didn't even give us a chance. If you were on our side, we would have succeeded, and you would have succeeded. Mm-hmm. But you weren't. And now Activision was like, well, we were on your side, and you're not succeeding, and we're not succeeding, so step the fuck up, son. What's up? You know? Are you going to drop the price? Huh? Huh? No? <laughs> fuck you. You know? So. Bueller. Bueller. All right, we have 60 seconds left, but I'm going to try to run through... Some things really quickly. Um, we did have an we did have an article about this website called Lens of Truth doing a comparison between the PS3 and the Xbox versions of Ghostbusters and the PS3 version coming out severely terribly in component cable. But I'll save that for next week because I actually wanted to get one of the guys who run the site on the podcast. Real quick, is that just it. over component or is it in general? It's over component only because they could not capture video via HDMI and that's like a technology thing. But HDCP. ours tech, yeah. Ars Technica did another test with HDMI and used a switcher to go back and forth between scenes, and they did find a difference in 360's favor. So they basically said, Lens of Truth is right. People who are whining that they're using a pre-release copy or not using HDMI are wrong because like, I saw it from my own eyes. So we'll have to see, but we'll, we'll get to that next week, hopefully, if I remember and if I can get one of the guys who run the site on the cast. Um, uh, really quickly, Ed Boon said on his Twitter that um, he's looking... He's looking to drop the superheroes and go back to quote unquote sick fatalities, which would be awesome to look up on YouTube and not b- play the game for. But like, <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of happy about that just because I'm 12 inside. So. <laughs> 12 uh, inside. And then uh, there's this really weird story about like a 360 developer in Japan uh, copying source code from like the PlayStation 2 version and then just slapping it onto a 360 disc. I don't. I, I. Do you know what? Just go to Kotaku and read about it. It's really weird. The keywords are "doron pachi dai o jo." Black label. Extra. Black label. Extra. They can't even spell label right. Yeah. Uh, label. <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed that. I don't know whose fault that is. Is it the game maker's fault or is it like Kotaku's? It's probably. I, it's Kotaku's. probably Kotaku's fault because it's Brian Ashcraft. He's been God, fucking up lately. God, you people make me sick. Yeah. Just do a search for "doron pachi" d o d o n p a c h i. And whatever, but yeah, that's weird. Anyway, uh, Pete, where can we find you again? Uh, Facebook, uh, Facebook. Doc, wait, what is it? Effort, is it ah? What? Facebook. What's the link? Uh, Facebook. Com slash ribbon, right? It, there's no user or anything. Yeah, it's Facebook.com right? slash ribbon. Okay, yeah. that would, that would be it then. And in Boston. And in Boston. Al. Al, I hear you have hair. Yeah, xlm2k.blogspot.com, facebook.com slash xlm2k. Shit, wow, that's fast. Uh, Twitter.com slash Mr. Chupon with a zero. Uh, and try games in it. 
Oh yeah, go to drfishypants.com to look at Dr. Fish. Oh, one more thing. <laughs> yeah. One more thing. Mysterious big announcement. I found this on a flyer on the floor somewhere, but I went to it and I was blown away. www.sharkversusoctopus.com. Versus is spelled out. So if you little five-year-olds need me to spell that for you, it's S-H-A-R-K-V-E-R-S-U. S Damn, they can rewind this at least. O P U S dot com. Shark versus octopus dot com. Dun 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 dun. That is not found. Go to it. Shark versus octopus dot com. Shark versus octopus dot com. Shark versus octopus dot com. Are you sure? Are you sure? Oh, I'm spelling octopus wrong. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you spell octopus? I spelled it O C T U P U S. Octopus. It's Octo. <laughs> okay, uh, so for Al. Octopus. For Pete. Thanks for, for making fun of me and your trilobites, assholes. Yes, yeah, Steve. Uh, wait, did we? Did I? Yes, both I did. of you did. What did I say? I forgot. I was drunk when oh, I Oh, I think I, I just said two L's, two C's or something like that. And about me filling and talking about time limits. <laughs> oh, I didn't say that. Al said no, that. No, Al did. And then you said something too, Austin. I, uh, I, I what remember. I, li- I listened to both of <laughs> you Charlie Bites twice. Pete, we love Wait, you, man. No, what I said, what I, I think what I did was at the end, I was like, all right, I'm out. Two L's, two C's. Like that. Yeah, yeah. I heard that. That was funny. Shark versus octopus. Oh, yeah. And for Pete and Steve. Oh, I right. already did it. For Slunks, oh wait, he's in the chat room, but he's having sexes, so he can't talk right now. He gone. He says hi to everybody. He did yeah, he say says hi, hi to, to everybody. His penis out. And he says, "Don't see year one." Um, yeah. Wow, please, see please tell though. me, please tell me you didn't take that girl to see year one. Please, please, it's not a fake movie. Anyway, all right. Uh, this is your host, Mister Chumon slash Austin, and I'm out. Shark versus octopus. Shark versus octopus. Shark versus octopus. Two C's. Pity. Oh. Pity. Wait. Pity. Wait. Hello, Pity. Are you there? Wait. You're on mute. Wait. Pre- press. Press. Contr- there, there you, you are. 